Genesis 6 Increasing Corruption on Earth This is the Tomorrow Christian Today Chipping away at the Bible one chapter at a time and having lots of fun Let's pray Dear Lord, I thought it might be fun for us to read through the chapters of the Bible to really grow to be given the Holy Spirit. I'm not a teacher. I'm just doing this, quote, for fun, unquote. But I would like my words to glorify your word. And I take your words seriously, but I don't want to be so stoic that I can't smile and laugh. And I pray for the people that are listening that if they hear something that glorifies you, it'll, be, it'll make them happy, it'll make them think. Because I don't want to tell people what to think. I just want to promote people to think about you. But if they hear something that's stupid or foolishness, that they'll know it's me, they won't blame you. But they'll have a love for you that grows for you and Jesus. And that we'll want to be close to you for, the, for all eternity. And that means having Jesus as our Savior. And maybe I will have done something good in some of the chaos of my life. That's my prayer and my plea. Amen. It says, Man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive. And they took as their wives any they chose. And then it says, My spiritual not abide in man forever, for his flesh he shall be 120 years. That's weird, like 120 years. Is that how long Noah preached? And it's like, that's, I mean, I don't know any 120 year old men. But it sounds a lot closer to the regular age of 70 years and 80 years that people get to. Someone told me in England they used to only get to 50 years because it was so hard, you know, and our lifespan is actually increasing. I don't know, but it sure wouldn't be 900 and some years like it was with Adam and the guys in the pre-flood. So maybe something did happen to the earth. The earth was changed between the, the world before the flood came and then afterwards because our lifespan is not is not up to a millennium like it was before isn't it funny how adam was created on the sixth day and i'm not sure if eve was created on the sixth day or whatever but could have been she could have been created later in the day and then jesus died on the sixth day and now G- and and now genesis 6 is about sort of like the death of the world it's not scary and it talks about these Nephilim guys, and John MacArthur has a note here. This word is from a root meaning to fall, indicating that they were strong men who fell on others in the sense of overpowering them. The only other use of this term is in Numbers 13.33. They were already in the earth where the mighty men and men of Rion were born. The fallen ones are not the offspring from the union in Genesis 6, 1 and 2. What do you mean the fallen ones? Like someone said the Nephilim was like these demon guys. Or the sons of God were angels. Like why would why would God allow angels to get married to um, human women? That sounds like something from a Greek or Roman mythology fable. I'm not saying it can't happen. And I've certainly heard this. But I'm not really buying the, I'm not really buying the Nephilim and the sons of God and all these guys are angel beings. They're human beings. And God, to me, this is my opinion. I don't tell people what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. Um, And I could be wrong. Absolutely. Is that it's just some way of differentiating between the sons of God, the guys who are the good guys for God, and 
I don't know, the fallen people, the people who are um, sons of evil, um, the bad guys. Now, the sons of God, we're all sinners, we're all fallen. But Satan fell. You know, God was holding up his creation and our, the creation fell. Adam and Eve fell. That's sort of another way of describing the curse of sin. So the ones who are fallen but are counted as the sons of God and the ones who are the fallen, the ones who are the bad guys, the ones who are working against God. I'm not really sure. I just don't really believe in all this weirdness. There's, there's, only, there's only two groups on this planet, the saved and the lost. If there's angels walking around or demons in human form, well, I don't know where they are. Maybe the Antichrist will be that. I'm not really sure. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is scary because Jesus says, as in the days of Noah when they were all getting married, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. So corruption or has occurred like it's taken a thousand years or um, two thousand years. Assuming the young earth creationist literal idea of the Bible is true. And I remember my friend, he was talking about a guy named Bishop Usher. So some guy named Bishop Usher decided to go through the Bible and chronologically. And he's the one that came up with four, Adam and Eve being created 4,000 BC and, and then 2,000 years. So it's 6,000 years. So I think that atheists and probably some Christians probably go apoplectic that that we could even think that the world could be 6,000 years old or made 6,000 years ago when all the scientific F, um, analysis and carbon dating and whatever says the, the earth is 4.5 billion years old. And you know what? I don't have an answer for you. I don't have an answer. It's such a huge discrepancy. I really don't have an answer. And I'm not going to push one way or another, but I don't know. But I always think about the literal anyways. I say, okay, it was made you know, 6,000 years ago, but why it aged rapidly at some points, I have no idea. But that's kind of my game. That's where I'm going. But you don't have to do that. But if it took 2,000 years, apparently at this time, Noah's been given this mandate by God, and he's been given this mandate to build this, you know, that God has had enough. And he says that the world's going to get baptized by water. It's going to rain water, and it's going to be so much of it that there's going to be a problem for survival God seems to be sorry he made man. It's like, I'm sorry I made them. Well, doesn't God know everything? So if God knew that he was going to be sorry that he did something, why just do it? The answer is, I really don't know. Because I only think in sequential terms, but God knows all times. Or, I mean, just because God knows everything and every when and every one doesn't mean he has to have analysis paralysis and not do anything. Because if you know every outcome and everything... Why should that stop you from doing anything? I mean, why people would say, why, why, why would God allow a bad outcome? Well, he's God. God didn't really want a bad outcome. It's, he kind of made us with free will. And the world shows that even though God is our creator and he wanted us to stay with him, he gave us a choice if we wanted to leave or not. And we decided we wanted to run the show. And the result of sin is kind of a, an entropy, a spiritual entropy, a spiritual corruption, a spiritual decay. Um, people seem to have rotted away in 2,000 years. Their hearts are rotten. They seem to be just 
the default is just doing evil and doing bad. And is that how our society is? Is that how, is that how societies become when they're corrupt? You know, a nation starts out and everybody's pulling for everybody. Everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants it to work. You know, it's like a big company. We want to get it together. The nation works. You know, we've got, <coughs> excuse me, leaders of state, things like that. Now, all of a sudden, it starts getting corrupt. It starts to fail. It starts to fall. Rome was great, but it fell. Greece was great, but it fell. Babylon was great, but it fell. Medio Persia was great, but it, f- it fell. What nations are going to fall and crumble in our own lifetime? I don't know. And this is a real shock. It says in verse 8, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It's like Noah found grace. And I remember when my Baptist mentor said, God's grace is right here. I thought grace started when Jesus died on the cross. It's like, it's right here. God always wanted to give us grace. He always wanted us to have relationship with him in his heart, in our hearts. Always. God gave forgiveness right there. But Jesus had to come and pay the price for that forgiveness. In this world of sin, nothing is for free. Someone has to pay. There's no free lunch. The world is tethered together with good and evil. God is all good. But someone had to pay so that, um, you know, we could have forgiveness. God is God is as, as lawful, as, as loving as God is, as forgiving as God is. He's lawful too. He had to account for sin. But it seems that God's default character is towards grace and love and forgiveness. God is not a bean counter. He's not a Vulcan. He's not cold. He loves. But he has to account for sin. But here is grace showing up in Genesis 6 verses 8. Wow. 6. 6 is the number, you know, when Jesus is dying, when man is made. 8 is the number of new beginnings. It's when Jesus came out of the tomb. Isn't that amazing? Genesis 6, verses 8. And they get rid of the 7. These are the generations of Noah. He was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. He walked with God. I would like to walk with God too. Wouldn't you? Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means if you believe that, God is walking with you. Is God walking with people who don't believe in him? Well, maybe he is, but they don't seem to know it or care. And so if you don't really know it or care, how can God be walking with you? God is walking with me. I'm not alone. I'm not a loser. Just because maybe I don't have the favor of, of people that I wanted to have before, doesn't mean I'm a loser at all. I'm a winner. God's walking with me. I don't know about you, but I feel 10 feet tall. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. But I bet you feel 10 feet tall too. The earth was corrupt in God's sight, filled with violence. Boy, you know, the world's getting kind of violent. So, has it always been this way? You, I, people could say, well, you know, you just have the news and now you can see what's going on in every corner of the earth, but it's always been like that killing and murder. Boy, it just seems like all the movies, everything is about, everything is crazy. I saw, I saw a show, an old show with Groucho Marx. And it was, uh, he was interviewing, he'd interview people. And one person, he interviewed this guy from this Robert, um, this propulsion lab. I forgot the guy's name. And he interviewed Phyllis Diller. This is like 1958 or, and they were so calm. They were just talk. I mean, they talked for like 20 minutes. He asked them questions about who they are. And then boom, they had to answer like four questions. It was so simple. 
And I mean, he was the guy cracking all the jokes, but even Phyllis Doer, she actually, this is the first time she'd ever shown up and she, she did a little stand-up routine. Actually, she was very funny, very cute. But I'm thinking they were so calm. And in some of the movies, I love science fiction movies, but obviously swear words, cursing, people running around, everybody's violent, everybody's hurting each other. When I was a kid, I went with my parents to Fairview Mall and we watched this movie called uh, Sounder. We watched this movie called Sounder and then we watched this other movie called Benji. I never watched Lassie. But these, I mean, there was no special effects and people punching each other in the head and going crazy and nuts. Man, everything is just nutso these days. Just everything is just so fast-paced. Nobody's calm. Everybody's on like high amounts of caffeine. The earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, an ark. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you're to make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits, and then its breadth is 50 cubits, and its height is 30 cubits. John MacArthur has a note here. A cubit is about 18 inches or 45 centimeters. So a cubit would be about a foot and a half. I have problems with metric. I mean, I learned metric in Canada in the 70s, but when you tell me something is 29 degrees Celsius or you tell me it's 86 degrees Fahrenheit, I'm sort of, I'm going with the Fahrenheit. So I, a cubit, it's about a foot and a half. So multiply all those numbers because uh, I'm reading from the ESV, 300 cubits, 50 cubits, height 30 cubits. Multiply that all by 1.5 to get the uh, number of feet. Make a roof for the ark. And it says, make it with the lower, second, and third decks. So it's got like three. So three is always kind of showing up too. So it's got three decks. I will bring a flood of waters to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything done on the earth shall die. That sounds scary. It's like people are going to die physically. And now in the New Testament, there's going to be a rain in Revelation. That rain's not going to be of, of rain, of rainwater, but of fire of the Holy Spirit and everything that the Holy Spirit reigns upon that is not in the ark of Jesus will die. This is very scary. What will a God of love do this? I, I think some people don't believe this is a global flood. Some people think it's a local flood. I went to, I went to Answers in Genesis. I, I went to see Ken Ham. He's got that, um, you know, ark in America. It was very cool very nice people he preached a sermon i really enjoyed his sermon um we also went to the creation museum and i remember when you know we went there and it was during christmas and they had these beautiful lights and they had this skip line it was beautiful my kids were young man it was a really it was a slice of heaven i like mr ham i think he's trying really hard and you know there was like a display of his grandfather's bible or some relative of his and it was marked up it was marked. I want my Bible to be marked up too. This is my. This is the book of my journey. This is the book of my life. This is this is God's word. It's the ESV. I also have an ES um, uh, KJV. My mother gave me, and I read the U version Bible um, when I'm going to sleep, and I read it in with in the NLT, and I find the NLT to be really really understandable. But this is my study Bible. It's a John MacArthur study Bible. It's really cool. It's got some great notes. It's a big heavy Bible. You could do some serious. Um, shoulder presses with this thing but um you know not to make fun of the bible it's a wonderful book and it's just you just read it 
And you, you think about it and it throws you into confusion sometimes and you're not sure if it's real or metaphorical. But God wanted that, I think. God wants you to exercise your brain. You can't, you can't build anything if you don't exercise. No pain, no gain. I mean, go to the gym, there's going to be exercise. You got to push yourself. You got to push yourself to read the Bible. You got to push yourself to go to the gym. You got to push yourself in your job. You got to push yourself when you're in a marriage or a relationship with someone else. Hey, take my, you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? But when you read this, you go, wow, this is huge. This is really huge. And he says, take living things of all flesh, two of every sort into the ark. There shall be male and female. So when it says two of every sort, does it mean a male and a female is one, one, one sort? Like a male and a female is one unit. So it says two of every sort. Would there be like, you know, like two couples kind of thing? Like, what does it mean? Or does two of every sort mean a female is one and a male is another? Like, I'm not quite sure how many animals there would be. You know, in that arc display, uh, Mr. Ham, they, they have a lot of like different diagrams. They kind of explain, okay, what would the physics be? How would they get rid of waste? How would they be able to house all these animals? How would they be able to keep the animals? Were some of the animals babies? Maybe some of the animals were small. They weren't full-grown adults. You know, that's possible. I mean, that's, that sounds, you know, that's, that, that sounds probable. You know, they weren't full-grown adults. Like, you're going to take a full-grown elephant... You know, and how many kind of different species of elephant were there? Was, an, was there an elephant-like creature with the different gene alleles? You know, it was very robust. And then after the ark, the, this creature would come out and then it would give way to different species. I'm sorry, different um, variations of an elephant, you know, with different tusk size and different um, ear size and different leg size. Would, would that have happened? You know, like how would how would he have space on this for all these different animals? So this is the conjecture that's inside the display. And I think it's it's probable and it's fun and it's a great place to go. And I really enjoyed it. And I was hoping, you know, when COVID was over that I'd go there and visit. But, you know, I don't really want to go by myself. Like, you know, I remember a guy in a movie said, hey, you know, when you go to yourself to a a restaurant, they kind of seat you by the washroom because they think you're a psycho or something. So <laughs> so I don't want to really do that. Don't really want to go there by myself. But it was a nice place to go. It said, verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And I guess, is Genesis 6 like 120 years? Because it says it took him 120 years to do this. Like this wasn't an overnight project. This man is building something. I don't know where he is. Is he? Is this Pangaea? Is this the supercontinent? Like, what did the world's land masses look like before the flood? Because it says that it, you know, it opened up the wells of the deep, right? It says that later on in the other chapters we'll study. So was this like one big land mass? Did people come to hear about this guy? Hey, there's some great preacher guy or something like that. He's talking some crazy religion and he's uh, building this big boat. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, we all know how to build boats, you know, but... Uh, the boat's not anywhere near the, um, it's right in the center. He's, he's not anywhere near a port. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Hey, um, dude, why are you building the boat here? Well, God put me in the central. He wanted me to talk to you guys about why I'm doing this. Uh, he's, he's giving you an invitation to come to the ark. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> like, what? how are you going to get? Well, it's, there's going to be rain. Pardon? What, what are you talking about? What's rain? So, 
I think there was a lot of persecution and a lot of um, catcalling. Maybe he was building sometimes. Maybe he just had to block out persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Those who live a godly life will suffer persecution. Those who live a godly life in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. And I think Noah definitely was trusting in God, but there was some definite catcalling going on. You're a crazy old man doing some crazy stuff. You got your sons in the craziness. You've hired some guys to chop down trees, kind of like these days when we're chopping down the Amazon. You're, uh, you know, and the fl- and the waters are rising. You know, the 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 ice caps are the polar ice caps are melting. That's weird, eh? Polar ice caps are melting these days, and the trees are getting cut down in the Amazon. <laughs> Well, I guess Noah had to build the boat from something, so he probably had to hire a bunch of guys to help him cut down the trees to be able to move all these heavy logs and then do this. Where did he get all this knowledge to do this? I guess he had to hire people. Maybe God put it into him. How would he have the schematic? I Questions, 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 and more questions. You ask me, Mr. Tomorrow Christian, do you believe this? The answer is yes. It's God's word. I do. I also remember hearing that Noah, um, sorry, Moses didn't really write all this. This was, maybe he had access to all of this in the libraries of Egypt. And so when he went into the desert, then he, he emerged again and he started to write all this down. This came from his memory or this came from records that he already had had access to in the libraries of Egypt because he was a high princeter. He was a royal person. He was a person of great importance before he... Um, you know, killed someone and turned tail and fl- and fled. And so God brought that back into remembrance. So somebody had written it down in the libraries of Egypt. Why? Is it a fable or is it true? I don't know. I don't know exactly how he wrote this down, but I do believe it's true because it's God's word. God never lies. God tells the truth to anybody who wants to listen. That's me. I hope it's you too. God bless you.